All right, five, four, three, two, one. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the great podcast, man. Thanks for being on. Thanks for having us at your place. Of course, of course. Glad to have you guys in. Um, this is just a test, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I'm killing this. <laughs> uh, that's actually going to be our answer, by the way. Cool. That worked out really well. <laughs> No. Uh, no, seriously, thanks for having us on. Uh, welcome to the Great Podcast. Um, everyone, this is Corey. Uh, he is a fantastic musician, uh, plays for several different bands. We'll get into all, all of the questions, all the different things. But uh, have you ever been on a podcast before? Uh, I was actually on one other local podcast called the Earspace Podcast okay. with Byron Morrison. We went to high school together. So I was on his podcast a few years back. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This isn't, uh, so the great podcast is not a, like, official, like, it, this isn't the Jimmy Fallon show. <laughs> this is, uh, this is gonna be just a conversation between the two of us. Um, just kind of get to know each other, have just good give, give and take, things like that. So, yeah. uh, I think my viewers would love to learn a little bit more about like the music scene um, and also kind of hear from someone that is super involved with it here in Lancaster all around. So, um, yeah, thanks again for allowing us to do this interview. Yeah, of course. Um, first question that I kind of wanted to ask you was what started the whole like, you know what? I like it. I I'm good at it. And I'm going to do it. Like, what kind of started that drive of being a musician? Because you play different instruments, things like that. But what started that initial drive for you? Yeah, I feel like uh, from a very young age, I always wanted to be in a band, but I was never good at any instruments, really? if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, when I was when I was growing up uh, really, really early on in New Jersey, uh, I remember my dad would just always have like classic rock radio on. So like, I didn't know what was kind of playing, but I kind of just had this like sense of like, wow, I, this just makes me feel like so good. Like, I just want to be able to like make, make noise like this, make sounds like this, you know? That's awesome. Um, and I remember I tried guitar. I was terrible at it. I tried trumpet. I was terrible at it. I even tried clarinet. I was like, well, maybe I got to go like woodwinds. I'm terrible <laughs> at it. I was really, really bad. Um, but even though like, so even from all that, I, there, my mom still has this, like, it's this big sunflower thing that's on, on their office wall in uh, the room. It's, it's tucked behind the door. So you can't see it until you're like in that office. But, uh, basically in like, I think it was like second or third grade, everybody wrote down what they wanted to be when they grow grew up. Some people were like, or like even just like a wish. It was like yeah, a springtime yeah. wish. Some yeah. people were like, I want a new Power Ranger. Some people, <laughs> some people, like, been yeah. some people were like, I want to be a firefighter. I was just like, I was just like. I want to play in a band. Like that was, that was my thing. And I didn't even play like instruments well at that time. Like I was like, you know, making noise with the kind of like cheap instruments I had, but I was not very good at it. I literally had bands and, and assigned people like be like, okay, you're going to be the drummer. Uh, I'm going to play guitar. This guy's going to play bass. None of those people played any of those instruments. Really? But wow. like, very, from a very young age, I was just like, I want to do this. But when we moved to Pennsylvania, I actually, uh, 
I told my parents that I wanted to take drum lessons and they immediately said no because <laughs> they're like they're like okay so you wanted to, you played all these other instruments and you didn't stick with them and now you want the loudest instrument of yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. So uh the deal was uh with my parents was that I uh I took lessons for a year or a little bit more uh with a practice pad and then after that they would consider buying me a drum set. So yeah, and honestly like it was probably the best thing for me cuz at the time like I didn't have anything else uh you know that i really wanted so it was like something to work towards it was really the first thing that i remember like actually working for like you know sitting on the pad i'm like this sucks but I'm like i'm like but it'll be worth it hearing the same noise yeah, it's like it'll be worth it i'm like this is all gonna come together somehow and uh it it really worked out i i think because like i think that that kind of journey has helped me with not only like being a musician but teaching lessons too that's awesome yeah and that your initial start you will never forget Oh yeah, that that initial drive that pushed you to do it, uh, which I think that's amazing. I so just straight up with you, I suck at any instrument. I can't sing a lick. <laughs> I I am terrible when it comes to any of that stuff. I used to sing to start each podcast, and then I realized one, I'm going to get demonetized, but two. <laughs> Uh, I'm not good at this, and I did have someone say, "Ah, you should probably stick to doing that when you're home alone." Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I when I see someone who is super talented for one, um, playing instruments or even being able to do multiple different things in the music scene, I'm just in awe because uh, that's something that. Um, like I was a big sports guy growing up. I was, uh, I gave speeches in front of, uh, biggest speech I gave was in front of like a thousand people. Like I got to do all these different things and, and, but one thing I was never able to actually like grab onto was music. I, it was one thing that I just couldn't do. So yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for being able to, cause it takes a lot of discipline. It has to. Yeah. It's, it is really like learning another language. Yeah. Like, cause pe people can enjoy it. You know, people can like really like, I feel like that's, that's the cool thing about music is like universally, even if you're not necessarily like good at playing it, everybody can enjoy music. And, and that's like almost like a personality trait of people at some point, you know, like, okay, uh, what do you do for a living? Like, uh, what do you like to do in your free time? What kind of music do you listen yeah. to? Everybody across the board li likes that, which, uh, is, is pretty awesome. And yeah, I, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking into, uh, well, I appreciate you appreciating the music yeah. too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. absolutely. So speaking on instruments, what is, do you have a favorite instrument that you play or that you wish you played? Do you have? Um, in, in all honesty, like it kind of goes in, in waves. Okay. Like, uh, obviously like drums are where my heart is. Yeah. Like that's where yeah. I, uh, you know, I feel most comfortable for sure. Like if, if I'm jamming with any band, I don't really want to be on any other instrument other than drums. Really? Cause I feel like I can go for hours yeah. playing yeah. drums. Um, but I definitely go in waves, like, uh, especially over the pandemic, like I didn't really play drums all that much. Mm -hmm. Like I was like, you know, we were writing and stuff with, uh, with my band Sun Not Yellow. So I was I was practicing for that stuff, but for the most part I was like writing songs. You know, I was just kinda like it was the first time because we had just gotten our new space when the pan like about a month or two before the pandemic hit. So it was the first time I could really like just like turn up and be loud oh, yeah. and like sing yeah. and like just crank my amp, just like be as like <laughs> obnoxiously loud as I want and be not as have true to as possible. <laughs> yeah, well because before that space I was I was literally in my parents' basement. Yeah. So like yeah. I'd be like, okay, well I got like about an hour before dad gets yeah. home. <laughs> my dad to hear what i'm working on because <laughs> i'll be like what That's is true. that like because you get experimental you know you get a little Absolutely. weird <laughs> so i did want to so your profile picture which will pop up on the screen 
Um, it's you playing the drums. I believe it's your Instagram picture. Mm-hmm. And it's like so emotion, like your emotions, you can feel it through that picture to where a lot of drummers, when they're in the, in the zone, they like every, uh, what do, what do they call it? When you are Just note, every note a, that yeah. you're hitting, like you can feel it. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely feel the emotion that they have and, and how the, like their rhythm. And like in your picture, you can literally see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you find yourself when you're playing like on the drums, for instance, uh, just getting so lost sometimes in, in just that rhythm to where like you just like you're, you're showing it to where like it's extreme throughout your body. Like just how does, how does that come about? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely like a, a an experience. I, I feel like for me, um, it's definitely, um, uh, I wouldn't say I, I get lost in the moment. It's almost like I just get overtaken by it, like overwhelmed. Like, gotcha. uh, cause in, in all honesty, like whether we're playing like a packed room or to nobody, uh, I just, I kind of tune out, uh, tune out everything else. And I just really focus on like what the guys on stage yep. with me are doing. Um, especially like, you know, from like the, the bass and guitar area, you know, just kind of like making sure that like I'm holding down whatever is going on because I feel like for a lot of my bands, like we have the template of the song. We know exactly how the song's going to yeah. go. There's a song structure. There's verses, chorus. There's in other parts. Um, but for the most part, like within those sections, like we are not necessarily improvising within those sections, but every time we go to those sections, they're a little bit different. Gotcha. So I feel like for me, it's kind of just making sure that like I'm aware enough to play off those moments, but also kind of like, I don't, I guess like lucid enough as well to kind of like let things happen yeah. as they come. Like I, I tell uh, my students all the time, I'm like, sometimes you just have to go for it. Like the worst, Absolutely. the worst case scenario is you know uh it doesn't come out exactly how you planned but the worst thing that you can do also is like you know hesitate you know you in, in, for me it's about like you know just really playing into those moments and making the most of that because i always think about it like you, you've got to play your show that you're playing right then like it's your last show like you could have you know 10 days booked after that but you just don't know what's going to happen so it's kind of making every making the most of every moment so it's your dream oh yeah to do this obviously oh, yeah. you've said that before to be able to do it and you do this full time mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to do that full time. I've said this before on the podcast that if you can do something you love, um, there's no better way of living oh, yeah, by, for sure. by doing something you love. And, and just, I mean, so you'd saying this, like that could be my last show at any moment, things like that. Um, People that come and watch watch you and listen to your bands play, you giving them the best performance each time is is a gift for them in in its own right because uh, music is tough to to get into and to stay in. Um, I mean, anything live performance, anything with doing being a performer altogether. Um, I mean, I started this podcast a couple months ago and I, it's hard for me to stay with it because I'm like, Oh, I'm running out of content. I don't know. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's just a podcast. Like you're doing this with other guys. You're doing this with other members. And I, I can't imagine being able to keep that same rhythm, keep going, keep that, 
keep the train moving kind of uh, thing. So I, I have a lot of respect for you and for, for what you're able to do and, and follow your dream. But um, you did say, you did touch on that. You do have students. Mm -hmm. And so when you're first, how did you get into uh, being a teacher? And second, on top of that, um, have you had any students where you're like, well, this person is, is like possibly next yeah, level? Yeah. So when I was in college. I, I went to Lebanon Valley College for recording and also music performance. So for me, it was kind of like uh, I knew from a very early age that or like once I started taking lessons and really getting into the, uh, you know, thick of it, like obviously when I first started, you know, everything kind of like comes a little slower, whatever. Uh, and as I progressed, I realized I'm like, yo, like this guy's making a living off of teaching me drums. Like, I think I, I would love to do that. Yeah. So and once I kind of realized that probably like mid mid high school, I was like, Yo, if I take this seriously and like I want to do this, like I feel like I can do this, you know, because I, I was just like, it might be a slow start, but I I knew at the time that my parents were super supportive. They still are, you know. Without them, I probably wouldn't have been able to like, you know, have a solid foundation to even you know do things like this. Um, but I I remember that uh, when I was at college, like I was going for recording, I was going for performance, but I always had like the intention of graduating and teaching lessons mainly because I knew that that was a good way to facilitate money yeah. and it was a flexible schedule. Yeah. So I was just like, if I can like, you know, get a pretty solid roster at the time I was thinking, you know, like even like five to 10 students, like just to facilitate any kind of rent or utilities that I would have, um, that that would be enough to kind of sustain myself. But it kind of uh, turned into something a lot more. And uh, luckily, like, I had the opportunity to uh, work at a drum shop called Drums Etc., uh, oh, nice. where I, yeah. I got uh, probably about half my students via them and then half the students via myself or just recommendations, word yeah. of mouth. Uh, and then um, right as the pandemic, well, actually, it was it was right before the pandemic. We kind of just like caught wind that they were going to downsize. Um, and there, there were a lot of drum teachers there. So like we were kind of like, uh, my business partner, Brian, and I were kind of just in a situation where we were like, well, we either stay and hope that, you know, like we make the cut mm. of the drum teachers yeah. they want to keep, or we kind of just try to do something on our own. And it's really a lot easier. Like, it's really a lot easier to do anything when you're with somebody else yeah. or you're yeah. a part of a team. Absolutely. Like, you know, it's definitely a different dynamic. Like, it almost becomes like a family dynamic. Like, you have to have a, like, you know, it's a different relationship, you know, yeah. when you go into business with somebody or if you start a band with somebody. Um, so Brian and I actually like for months were like searching for a space, found this one and needed a lot of work. So we ended up like renting it for a few months where we were not making any extra income because we were literally just trying to fix up the space because <laughs> the space that we're in is kind of like a warehouse. Gotcha. Uh, very yeah. much is yeah. a warehouse, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so we had to like make it a little bit more presentable, you know, get the, you know, the cigarette smell out of it, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, once we kind of got, our, uh, the business kind of on its feet, we started teaching here in, I guess January of 2020 and then three months later, March came and, uh, COVID happened. Yeah. So, um, but luckily, luckily we had the space because, uh, Brian, Brian has his own house. So he was able to teach out of his house. And fortunately for me, like I was able to teach out of here because at the time I just moved into, uh, Lancaster city in a small apartment. So like couldn't teach lessons out of there. Yeah. Um, so I got really lucky. And then also on top of that, like our bands were able to continue practicing because we had a space, gotcha. you know, before we were kind of going back and forth yeah. to each other's house, but, um, to kind of have a space where we were all like, you know, I guess everyone said your quarantine, yeah. you know, even if, even if we were rehearsing with masks on, like it was a yeah. big difference rather yeah. than like, you know, just sitting in our house. Cause I mean, yeah. everybody can kind of relate to being like that first, like, yeah. I'd even say like six to nine months where everyone's kind of just like, 
<laughs> so what do I do with all yeah. this time, you know? Well, plus having your own space makes it that much more real. Oh, yeah. As well. But yeah, yeah I, 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 uh, if, if I had my own studio to do a podcast, I'd be like, all right, maybe I should start doing this full time. Yeah. yeah. Right now, my space is in my basement. <laughs> what? <laughs> Basements where it all gets yeah. started. Yeah, that's right. That's where Apple started. Yeah, it, exactly. Small garage, exactly. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have basements in California. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's true or not. Don't know. Um, but yeah, so I think the lesson is just kind of like we're able to facilitate me to be able to play these gigs. Because I was like, especially in college, like we started playing gigs like a good bit. So when, uh, you know, it came to doing stuff after school, I was just like, this is the best way for me to make money while also playing gigs that don't necessarily bring in a lot of money. Cause like, it's one of those things like you work up to it. Like yeah. now when we yeah. play in Lancaster, like everybody in our band gets paid, you know, pretty well, you know, yeah, enough, enough, yeah enough to yeah. be like, okay, cool. Like it's worth it for me to like take off the shift or get off early yeah. like, things yeah. like that. Yeah. When you play in new cities, it's a little bit harder mm-hmm. um, just because like, you know, like you have to make sure that you have like locals and stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, just a good draw. And when you're playing in a new city, like you have no draw. Yeah. So, um, but when you have like a solid job that's flexible uh, and you can take off for a week or two and come back and still have like whether a roster of students or just a job that will mm-hmm. welcome you back in and let you have those two weeks off, like yeah. it, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, do you, I know we're going to take a break here in a second, but before we do, um, I do want to touch on eventually, uh, your bands and, uh, you're going on tour mm-hmm. here. So I do want to touch on all that after, uh, the break. But before that, um, what for anyone listening that is thinking about, uh, joining or in a band and, and on in that in between of, do I put more time and effort and money into this uh, full time or even more than what I have? Or do I just kind of hang it up? What is your advice to someone like that? Um, I guess my biggest is, advice is uh, you get what you give. Yeah. You, you get what you put into it. You know, the more time and and sometimes money, you know, I think kind of just depends uh, where you invest that money. Yeah. But the more the more effort you put into something, the more you're going to get out of it, mm-hmm. whether that's monetarily or just, you know, for yourself personally. Yeah. Like uh, it's definitely gotten to the point where I've been doing music for years and we're just starting to get to the point where we're actually investing into ourselves, yeah. mainly because when you're in a band and you go on tour and you don't have a band fund like that sucks. Mm-hmm. But like there, there are like steps to that. So it's like taking a band seriously when you get paid you know, $300 and there are three of you. Yeah. Don't give all the money to the band. Yeah. Be like, all right, let's like divvy it up. Everybody yeah. takes 50, put 50 in the band fund. Yeah. So little things like that, where it's just like kind of putting the effort into making it like, uh, you know, uh, a viable functioning thing. Mm-hmm. And once, once the band gets functioning on its own, where you have a band fund mm-hmm. and like, uh, you have like the presence where people are reaching out to you just as much as you're reaching out to people for gigs. Like it definitely becomes a lot easier, but I, I'd say the the biggest thing is like the amount of effort that you put into it will be the, uh, you know, the rewards that you sow from it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we're going to take a brief break. Uh, we will be right back after this.
are back. Uh, so now, the tech part I wanted to get into was uh, my voice just went like really high. I know. We're back. Uh, <laughs> The, the next piece I wanted to touch on is, and I'm starting to vibe a little bit more, finally. It takes time. Take, just like playing. Time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, something I wanted to ask you, so, is obviously your bands. Uh, for those that who don't know who you are, or, uh, don't know which bands, um, how many bands are you in and what's like the names of them for everyone listening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I kind of associate myself with three main bands. I'm also like a freelance musician, so yeah. I play with random artists all the time. But um, the three main bands are uh, I play drums uh, in Sun Not Yellow. Okay. Um, that's a Lancaster slash Philly based band. Um, and then uh, the next one I play in, I play bass in a post-punk band called Northern Gloom. Um, and that's also kind of like scattered throughout central PA. We practice in Lancaster, but, uh, drummers from like Philly suburbs and, uh, guitar players from Harrisburg. And then, uh, the third band is a band that I sing and play guitar in. And that's whose hands are these. And again, kind of, uh, Lancaster slash Philly suburbs based. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I was saying a little bit to you when we, uh, met up today, it was kind of like, uh, before the pandemic, I was all over the place. So if you would ask me that question, I'm like, yeah. Oh, well, this band, <laughs> this band, this band, this band, this band. And, but, uh, since, uh, you know, I had some time to like kind of reset myself, I, uh, I kind of like formulated it into like three bands that kind of like, you know, get my fix as far as guitar, yeah. Yeah. drums, bass, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I, I associate with those bands, but again, like I'm, I'm a hired gun for a yeah. lot of people, too, yeah. which is, it, which is great. Cause Lancaster is definitely a music scene that kind yeah. of like, uh, nurtures that a lot. Yeah. You know, you can, if you really want to be a musician in Lancaster, uh, it's, it's a, I, it's not a very big pond, but it's a, it's a, uh, big enough market as far as like, you know, people who want to see music, yeah. like people around the community love live music. So there's definitely like a lot of spots to play. You know, if you have like, like a Thursday night, like we, we play regularly on Thursdays, you know, oh, nice. and, and like, you know, sometimes Sundays, like there's like a show at Zootropolis this Sunday, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Like Lancaster definitely has like a pretty great scene for it. So it's good. The end also, because we're like close to everything here. So whether you're meeting up with everybody or, you know, going to a major city like Baltimore and Philadelphia are an hour and a half away, Pittsburgh and New York are only like three hours away. You know what I mean? Like it's everything's very manageable yeah. from Lancaster, so it's it's a good spot to be. So, what band are you going on tour with? Uh, so this summer uh, in July, I'm going on tour uh, with Northern Gloom. Okay, uh, and then in August, I'm going on tour with Sunlight. Oh, great. Okay, yeah. yeah. So Northern Gloom, um, and even Sunlight Yellow. What is it like uh, getting ready for tour? And just that whole process, because from the outside looking in, when you hear, oh, this band's going on tour. Cool. Let me see if I can get tickets in this area, this area. Yeah. Like that's kind of obviously that's what like the the audience, the fans are looking to do. But when you're on your side of it, that's like all mystery. Like yeah. what's the process of getting ready to go on tour? What's the things that you have to check off the list and how, what's that like? Yeah, for sure. So with Northern Gloom uh, and Sun Not Yellow, we kind of go about it a little bit differently, but the kind of hit points are about the same. Uh, so with Northern Gloom, uh, the guitar player, Michael Stipe, uh, he did a lot of the tour booking uh, as far as like the major cities. Like we discussed okay. where we wanted to go, um, but we kind of also had in mind places that we needed to go okay. as far as like, you know, um, we have friends in a lot of different cities. So we're like, it makes a lot more sense to go to those places mm -hmm. where we have friends, mainly yep. because 
one, you have a place to stay. Yep. Two, you have a connection mm-hmm. to someone to tell you what venues are good, what local bands are good. Um, uh, so as far as that tour went, like, uh, Michael booked a lot of it and then we helped with a lot of like the locals and stuff okay. like that. Um, so, uh, and then for Sun Not Yellow, it's, it's a little bit different because like, uh, as far as like I- I'm concerned and our, our booking agent is concerned, like we're looking for those venues, you know, okay. like trying to find the house shows, yeah. trying to yeah. find like the bars that'll actually like take a band like us in. Because like, if you go, like if all the bars that you've heard of in Chicago, are probably not going to take a band that they've never seen or heard of. You know what I mean? So you got to find like those more, not necessarily DIY spots, but like, you know, the coffee shops that also throw shows Mm. or like the venue that is also like uh, just a bar. You know what I mean? Um, So uh, uh, the biggest thing for touring that I found is, you know, um, getting a a space that suits the size of the crowd that you're going to be in. Because if you do get one of those bigger bars on a Wednesday or Thursday night, great. But like... Are you going to be able to fill the room? Yeah. I'd rather yeah. play to a smaller room of 20 people than yeah. a bigger room of yeah. 20 people. Yeah. Um, but the big thing that I've found over time is really just making sure that you book things far enough in advance. Like, we've been working on these tours since probably, like, February, oh, January, wow. February. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and honestly, sometimes people are going to be like, yo... You reached out too soon. Yeah. Yeah. Hit us up in May or gotcha, whatever. Gotcha. Um, but the biggest thing, uh, is starting early and also making sure that you have locals on board. Because uh, as I was saying before, like you can go to a new city that's, that's awesome and stuff, but you really got to make sure that, um, you have local bands that are actively playing still mm-hmm. and that aren't playing around the time that you're coming through. You know, if you go to Chicago and that band that you're playing with in Chicago played the week before, pretty good chance all their fans that you usually come out already came out to that show yeah. the week before. Yeah. So it's kind of that, and that's goes back to like, you know, planning ahead. I think that that's the one thing that I've learned with being like a full-time musician and just having all the moving parts is that the farther in advance you plan ahead, the more likely it's going to happen. Like I, I joke all the time. I'm like, that's like my favorite thing in the world to plan something like a year in <laughs> advance. And then, and then you're in it and you're yeah. doing it and you're yeah. like, holy crap exactly you know what i mean like that's like the most satisfying feeling you're like remember when we were talking about this like years ago like a couple a couple months ago whose hands are these went down to north carolina uh and i remember like i told caden and our uh he's our bass player and our drummer alex i was like book this weekend out in march i had okay so we had a little bit of technical difficulties um let's go back like a couple seconds of what you were saying but you were you were just talking about the process of touring and things like that. So yeah, we, we were talking about basically just planning ahead. And I feel like you could probably agree with this. Like the further in advance you have it in your calendar, yep. the, the easier it is to like work around with your family, Absolutely. with, with all of your other activities and all, all that kind of stuff. So like, for example, like we just picked this random weekend in March and I just knew that it was like the one weekend that everybody in the band at that time, whose hands are these didn't have anything going on. Yeah. And I remember like probably about two months two months until the the gig so it's probably like january and uh my drummer alex like hits me up because like hey man did you ever like book those dates like is that still happening and i remember being like oh, oh, oh no way thing. so but again it was two months out yeah, so yeah. like i had him book the weekend yeah. and we pretty much had like we knew where we wanted to go yeah. so i was just like you know like i i, I pretty much went in a six hour radius so i was like six hours is the most i want to drive yeah and i just went like i've never played in raleigh so i just started going to town i i just reached out to a bunch of locals i asked them like what the venues were if a, if a local band couldn't play or didn't have that date available i'd be like yo do you have any suggestions for other local bands or a venue that i could do 
then you got solidified and then um we had two amazing local bands that we played with and it was it was bonkers you That's know awesome. it, we we drove down That's on a awesome. friday so it was a little rough because like we did, drove drove down 6 hours mm-hmm. on one friday and then played the gig and then we went <laughs> back up to richmond uh for that saturday gig which the venue ended up falling through at the last second so then i was just like holy crap, like, now we have to... But luckily, we already had the bill. So, like, I was just, like, I basically just ha- then had to find... We ended up playing at, like, a brewery. Oh, nice. I was nice. like, hey, do you, have, you guys have any events going on this Saturday? They're like, no, we had played there with a previous band. So I was just like, yo, can we play the show? It kind of mm-hmm. venue fell through. We have all these bands. I ended up ended up working out. But, um, yeah, it's kind of, like, working those kind of things out because... For a lot of people, um, you know, it's even playing in bands like other people in the bands have nine to five. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, it doesn't always work out where, you know, someone can just be like, yeah, I can get off on a Friday. Yeah. But yeah. again, if you plan like two months in advance, yeah. like everybody had already put in, put in to the takeoff on those Fridays and Saturdays if they yeah. work, you know. So I think just planning in advance is like the, the biggest thing that I've learned over the last couple of years. So you've played in... It sounds like a bunch of different places. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. You said you're going to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, North Carolina, Virginia, then R- Richmond. Um, obviously here in Lancaster, Philly area. Um, did you go out west, Pittsburgh? Yeah, we've been to Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah, yeah, Pittsburgh, Ohio, hitting all those cities on the way to Chicago. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, New York. We've we've done New York City with Sunlight Yellow once or twice, and okay. and same with Whose Hands Are These and Northern okay. Bloom has played like here and there. But New York City is like hard to get into because yeah. again, especially like that city, like you got to book it. Yeah. It's, it's not like Nashville, but in, it's like Nashville in the same way that you have to be like, yeah. if you want to book now, like yeah. and it's May, like you should be planning for September. Well, that was going to be my next question. How about Nashville? You ever, have you ever had a chance to play? Yeah. That? So we, we played, uh, so Sun Not Yellow right before the pandemic went on a very long tour. So there's this festival called South by Southwest that happens in March. Um, and it's a lot of bands that are kind of about our size, you know, our same kind of draw, um, going down to Texas for that big festival that happens over the course of like a long weekend. Um, but basically our goal was just to tour and avoid that oh, mainly because okay. we didn't, we didn't get on to South by Southwest. Okay. So we're like, well, if we do tour in March, then we're going to be out of luck because all these bands that are about the same size are going to be doing the same route down. Yeah. So yeah. our goal, uh, I think we, we kind of decided this at the end of like tw- the summer of 2019. We're like, okay, we're going to tour late January into February and miss all the hubbub of of South by Southwest. And it ended up being great because a lot of the venues that we played or were playing weren't, uh, were more so booked up for March and late February. Uh, and we got really lucky because we, we literally, I think that tour, we, uh, we went from New York, we went and played, um, uh, Raleigh, I think, uh, Atlanta, um, we did New Orleans. We went to Texas. Like we, we did a two week. It was the longest tour I'd ever been on. Wow. And we went all the way, all the way to the east side of Texas. Wow. Now you think Texas is like, Oh my God, Texas. Is yeah. <laughs> most, most of the cities that you want to hit at least on this side yeah. are like on the east side. Yeah. So you go yeah. into Texas and you just go up. You're yeah. like sick. Uh, so, but on that tour, we, we hit Nashville and it ended up being a really, really good show. It, it was like, we were kind of like what seemed to be the outskirts of Nashville. We got to go, you know, go into the city and kind of experience everything. But we were like on the outskirts at this dive bar. And at first we're kind of just like, what the heck is this? Like, I'm not even kidding you. They had like a pet possum there. Like, we're like, yo, there's like, like, there's like food out here. Like, there's like, why is there like dog food out here? They're like, oh, that's for our pet possum. We're like sitting there just like, holy crap. Like, where are we? 
you know, like, and they had like, we go to like the bookstore and it's like a bookstore slash like CBD joints yeah. and stuff like this. So, like, it was just, it was like really, really cool. And we're like, it was just like a totally different, different vibe. And even like the thrift shops were like different. Like, yeah. it was, it was just a really interesting uh, spot. But we ended up playing this dive bar that didn't look like anything like you would see in Nashville. It was kind of looked like, you know, like, one of like the taverns you yeah, find on yeah. the outskirts of Pennsylvania. Um, but it ended up being like a bonkers show. That's all. Anyway, it was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, I think the only reason that the show ended up being so uh, well attended was because all the bands that we were playing with were Nashville bands yeah. and they didn't play at all that month yeah. yet. So yeah. even though it was like a, you know, Wednesday or Thursday, it still ended up being a great show yeah. at some like random dive bar. Yeah. It was we, we went to Nashville a couple years ago with friends. Uh, my soon-to-be wife and I, and that whole scene is just so cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, just the whole music scene in, in itself. We, uh, it didn't matter which bar you went to, which restaurant. I mean, there we went into this one. It was like a grocery store. Grocery store slash venue. And they were still playing, and it was, it was, they were playing behind checkout. And wow. I thought that was the coolest thing because, like, you had people that, and it's smart. You had people that were going to check out and they were like, hmm, let's kind of stand here a little bit. And then they're like, oh, I want to get a drink. And then they go check out again. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me get something to eat. Oh, I'll go check out again. Yeah, and yeah. it was just a revolving door. And I was, I probably made up at least 50% of their sales that day because I yeah, was just like, this is amazing. Yeah. Oh, look, Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, uh, that just that whole scene is, is really cool. But continuing with touring, things like that, what is your favorite part? about touring and then what's that one part that you're like man i wish i could change this like i wish it could just be a little different yeah yeah maybe a lot different yeah i i'd say my favorite part is going to new cities and playing playing music my music for people in new cities like uh my uh, my uh girlfriend emma and i like talk about traveling all the time and um uh, she, she loves it too. And I, I think my favorite thing to do is, is travel. Um, but for me, like when I think about like traveling and taking vacation time and doing all that kind of stuff, I kind of lean more towards like going on tour. Really? Ma- mainly because like, uh, when I go on vacation, like I always just think I'm like, Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. yeah there. Oh, yeah. wow. Like, yeah. or like, I'm like, I want to go see some live music. I don't know. That's just kind of like where my mind goes. Um, so luckily I do have a vacation or two planned where I'm not doing that, but, <laughs> but I think go, for touring, as far as uh, that goes, it's, it's experiencing new cities and experiencing music culture in new cities. Cause I, I think that, uh, every city kind of has a little bit of like, uh, nuance to it. You know, like Lancaster is like an amazing music city that I think regularly goes unappreciated, you know, yeah, like absolutely. it's easy to just pass through Pennsylvania and be like, all right, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh. Yeah cool yeah. you know but lancaster like has a pretty mm-hmm. thriving scene and i i'd say that that's the case for a, a lot of cities but again it kind of just depends like mm-hmm. um so i'd say just going to new cities and seeing people's like instant reaction to like the music that they hear because it's it's like it's like finding a band for the first time Absolutely. you know some sometimes like you're sitting there watching a band and you're like okay this is fine like you know i vibe with it their energy is cool whatever but sometimes you're sitting there just like jaw drops it's like Holy yeah. crap. And, and on the other side of that, like meeting those bands and playing with those yeah. bands on yeah. a bill is always really, really cool because like, I, I feel like over the last like couple of years, I, I've met some of the coolest people and they just live in like, you know, Cleveland, you know, they live in Pittsburgh. <laughs> They're throwing house shows in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Like, and those guys are just like throwing down like, 
on a regular basis, like whether it's a house show or a record shop. And like, once you like meet those people that are kind of doing the same thing as you, like in different cities, like it starts to create this really, really cool web. That's kind of like all interwoven. Cause then they're like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to Philly. Like, uh, we need another, we need a Thursday show. Come to Lancaster. You know what I mean? Oh, we need a, we need a Sunday show on the way back. Oh, all right. Like come, come through Lancaster or like, you know, or we could at least set you up in the right direction. Um, but I think the worst part of touring that I, I'd say, um, probably, I'd say probably the drives. I mean, it really on the East Coast, it's not that bad. Okay. You know, like city to city, like, like I was saying before, the most you're going to do is six to eight hours, which is not great, but it's a manageable drive, you yeah. know, and on the West Coast, like that's city to city. Gotcha. At least in like the East Coast, like you're traveling like three states over eight hours, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I'd say the driving or um, the sleeping situation sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. L- yeah. Luckily, like some <laughs> of the some of the more recent tours we've been going on, we have been like you know spending a little extra where we're getting Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think before COVID happened, like uh, Airbnbs were way cheaper. Yeah, like Absolutely. realistically, like Absolutely. we we only spent like I'd say under a thousand dollars staying at Airbnbs over the course of two weeks. Yeah. Which is insane. Now, like, you can't go to an Airbnb without the cleaning fee being yeah. $200. Do yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So, and I think that that probably just has to do with, like, some of the laws that changed. But I think uh, making sure that uh, we have somewhere good to sleep. That way, because, like, it's it's one thing when you're doing a long drive. And it's one thing when you don't have a good sleep. Yeah. It's another thing to do both those things yeah. in the yeah. same day and then go and yeah. play, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. So, I yeah. think that that's, like, the, the more um, the daunting part. And for me, like... I just like, I get cranky when I don't sleep. Well. So like, I remember we were in Houston and I, uh, I didn't want to eat it at first. So everyone went and got food and I was kind of just like, ah, I'm just going to bum around, you know, I'm just going to like hang out in Houston, like go to, I'm like walking around. I'm like, this place is pretty cool. Go grab a drink. And then like, uh, show was probably about to start and, or I, I guess this, this show ended. It was an earlier show. So I was just like, Oh shit, there's a pizza place right around the corner. I'm going to go grab a slice of pizza. So I'm like, I'm already hungry. I'm already getting a little cranky. You know, like, you know, you're feeling it. You're getting the hangries. I'm like walking around this corner. I go to this pizza shop, which is about to close. It's probably 15 minutes to close. And there's just a line out the door with everybody holding folding chairs. So folding chairs, what do you think of? Like now these are like folding chairs that they took from the event. What do you think it is? It, it like like hit you like WWE yeah WWE yeah. style yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So I, well, there, there was a couple things that hit my mind because what I, was the first thing? I, the first thing was WWE yeah yeah but okay. I didn't I didn't want to say it and no, like, uh, yeah, yeah yeah so <laughs> these, all these people were in line for the pizza place for w from the WWE event and they were all holding these chairs and I was like I'm not going in there so then so then we're like okay let's go back home and we got this dope Airbnb had a hot tub was like on like a gated complex of things and I, all I could think about was like my next meal yeah like and yeah. they're like well we're gonna go to the hot tub and I'm like I need some food <laughs> like so I'm like walking around now now we're not even in downtown Houston we're in like the suburbs of Houston, which we know how the city suburbs can go, like yeah. one block, you're like, oh, this is kind of like a nice neighborhood. And the next block, you're like, this isn't so nice. Yeah. I'm literally like walking through the drive through of like a Harvey's or some <laughs> shit. Like, I was like, it was bad. I never got food. I literally just went back oh, home and went to no. sleep. And that, like, that was like my lowest point on a tour. I, yeah. I, Cause everyone was just like, yeah, we ate. We're yeah. feeling good. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to go in the hot tub. Yeah. I don't want to take a shower. Like, yeah. I don't want to have, <laughs> so I literally just like laid on the floor. I'm just like, don't talk to me. Don't, don't look talk to me. me. Don't sleep. Like, <laughs> woke up in the morning. I'm like, we need breakfast. Yeah, I will be fine. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I just got to make it to breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> but like, like moments like that were like, but again, like that just like adds up. Like, I probably wouldn't have done that the first, like, you know, 
four or five days of tour because I feel like, you know, like for first four or five days of tour, like you will eat anything. Yeah. Yeah. But then like once you kind of like start to like feel a little crappier, you're like, uh, I just like, I want something specific. Like yeah. in the moment I was just like pizza, that's quick fix. Mm. And then I was just like, now I'm taking any fast food. Yeah. Now we're like, let's find a dope breakfast place so I can actually like sustain myself for yeah. a couple hours. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I, you know, the, the preparation that you have to put into, um, or for performing, let alone the preparation going on tour. I want to kind of shift gears to that performance now. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're playing in a venue, whether it's new to you or it's, you've been there before, been there plenty of times. Um, how do you feel like those moments leading up to it? Nervous? Are you anxious? Like excited? Like, are you like, let's fucking go? Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, it's more like that. It's like kind of like the anxiety of the anticipation. Like we always like, we always say like, no matter where we are in the bill, like, like I'll just sit outside and be like, ah, I just want to play. Yeah. Like, "Ah, I just want to play. Like, like just let me add it. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're just like ready to go. Like almost like, like a horse, like ready to like run in the stable. Just like, Like, I I don't know. Like that's, that's how I feel like, 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 you know, like a, football player before a game is like, yeah. I just want to hit somebody. Yeah. Like, you know, that, that's, that's yeah. kind of how I feel. Uh, and I, I think like there are definitely moments where I, I've only noticed like n- nerves is when I'm setting up mainly cause like, like my hands just like tend to just shake a little bit. Like okay. I'm just like, okay. Cause I'm more so, cause a lot of times, at least from a drumming perspective, uh, you're playing on somebody else's kit, okay. you know? So gotcha. like for me, like gotcha. it's like that moment that like, there's like maybe like a five to 10 minute window where I'm sitting behind the kit. Like, I'm just like setting up my stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, what do I like? Yeah. What do I need? Do I need anything from the car? Because most yeah. most often I have everything with me, but it's about like what I brought to the venue. So I'm like, like, okay, like what do I need to do? Like, oh, what's what's this going on right here? How do I adjust this? Like that that kind of moment makes me a little bit nervous because like I'll definitely kick into the first song and be like, whoop, that floor time's way too far away. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or like you know you're playing and like the the floor time shifts down. And you're like, oh, I guess I'm not using that for yeah. the rest of the song. Like things like that where I'm just like I'm trying to make sure that that doesn't happen, but. Other than that, it's more so like that just excitement. I'm just like, yeah, let's let let's me go. let me sink my teeth into it. Let's yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. See, I get anxiety. Um and my anxiety doesn't go with me like so with doing the podcast, doing the interview, it doesn't go with the actual interview part that I get anxiety with. It's that my equipment won't work. Which which is not happening. And and that is that that is my and like that's what like I'm like, am I gonna have to say all this shit all over again? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take, you know, capture the yeah. same moment. Yeah. Like, um but so like beforehand I do get a little bit of anxiety and that's just one on one conversations, things like that. Um I think about getting up on a stage, on a platform, on whatever it may be, where you're about to perform. And my hands start to sweat. But that is because one, I suck at that stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. so I, I would like to, my friends have tried to get me to stand up to do karaoke, uh, at bars. Nah, I won't nope. touch it. <laughs> I will open mic night. No, I won't touch it just because I'm not confident in myself. So the fact that you're like, you know, I'm ready to do this. I'm I, like, let's go. That kind of shows like someone like me. Hey, all right. He's got some confidence with that means you actually believe in yourself that. All right. If I can get going, I know it's going to be good. 
Yeah, so. yeah. And, and I, I feel like, I mean, you probably had moments like this too, where it, this happens more so for like, uh, you know, people that I sit in with, you know, like I, I play with uh, a guy named Tuck Ryan a good bit. Uh, and I play with another guy named Jordan Rast, like, and, and just like these solo artists. And sometimes like you're sitting behind the kit and you're like getting set up and you're like, um, that that's probably more nerve wracking for me because sometimes like we don't know the set. Yeah, sometimes they're gotcha. just calling songs and gotcha. you're just vibing. Which okay, again, like is a completely different beast, but makes you such a better musician. Yeah. But I always I always tell myself like if I ever like you know doubt or just have any hints of doubt, like it's just like you wouldn't I wouldn't be put in this situation if I wasn't meant to be here. Yeah, and one of them sounds like kind of like you know like a little bit almost like. Well, I guess maybe a little egotistical, but in, in my mind, I'm like, I have to tell myself, I'm like, I'm meant to be in yeah. this moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, I'm sitting behind the drum set. I'm like, well, no one else is playing drums here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm like, yeah. like, I'm meant to be here. And I, I feel like that's kind of just been uh, something that's helped me yeah. in, in the process. You know, like yeah. the next time you go to do karaoke, to say like, <laughs> I'm meant to be here. Which, uh, karaoke champ. Yeah, you, and, and in the moment, you just tell yourself, you're like, you're like, I'm meant to be here. I meant to do this, yeah. Glenn, uh, Greg Allman song, like you know what I mean, like um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I uh, liquid I'll, courage. I'll tell you what. Every time I get up there, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna, I'll do a song that like is meaningful to me, and somehow, some way, I end up singing a Backstreet Boys song. Like, just what are you saying? They don't have meaning to you? No, they do. But, but like every time, it's Backstreet's back because it's it's the simplest, <laughs> and everyone's gonna, and everyone's yeah. gonna go about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, no, I, I just like. I, I'm I'm still just taken away by like the whole uh, being able to get up on stage and and perform that that blows my mind to where uh, I, I I have no words for it. <laughs> um, yeah, I wanted to also ask you, and how much time do we have? Okay, uh, if you're wondering who I'm talking to, that's Michaela behind the camera. Um, <laughs> uh, I wanted to ask you also. Um, so you talked a little bit about your girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, Emma, correct? Yeah. So when you guys go on tour, does she go with you or? I've offered it to her. She hasn't taken me up on it yet. <laughs> okay. We've, we've done, uh, me and her have like done like acoustic weekenders together. Like, uh, my friend and I, uh, Tim Lupia did like a little weekend run out to Pittsburgh and she came with us for that. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, she hasn't been on any long tours with me. I, I do want to plan something, but it's almost like, uh, when, especially when you add another person, like you do have to kind of take that into account. Yeah. You know, like when we went on our long tour, uh, we brought our friend Ariel along with us and she booked, helped us book the tour. So oh, it made sense yeah. for her to come, yeah. you know, run, run some of the merch tables, like take pictures and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Especially like if you're like a, you know, a three or four piece and you can add another person, mm -hmm. like to do that kind of stuff. Like when you were talking about content earlier, yeah. like yeah. just anything and yeah. everything that yeah. you can post or like have someone run in the merch table while you're up there. Um, so that's like a, a big thing, but, um, I think that if she was to come on tour, I think she would, but it would be a matter of her getting off and her also like, um, you know, having a role too. like, I think that she would be amazing doing that. Like, mm -hmm. um, you know, whether it be like helping us like reach out to venues and kind of get in contact with mm -hmm. people or like just be the liaison to kind of do that. Like she's, she's awesome with that kind of stuff. Um, but I think that it would definitely be a little bit more planning because yeah. then you also, Going on tour with three dudes is definitely going on different than going on tour with three dudes. And I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like it, can, it can be a little like, 
We we can definitely tolerate a lot more stank than yeah, gotcha, women can. Gotcha. And also what I've noticed is like and this is just kind of across the board, like guys will literally throw on or they'll just sleep in the clothes that they oh, slept yeah. in and then just yeah. roll in the car. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, while while women like it, it does take them yeah. a, a little bit more time to like get themselves together, which you know, I I appreciate. So and and also I don't envy. Yeah. So yeah. Why does it take you women so long to get? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no. Well, that's because like I can roll out of bed at nine forty-five yep. and tell you that I was going to be here at ten. Tell you I'm running a little late and still look presentable. While if I was a woman or if I was a woman, it would have taken me a little bit longer because I definitely would have had to shower today. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, <laughs> and again, I just think that there's a lot more of a process that goes into it. And I feel like also guys don't care how we look. We'll walk out of yeah. the house with a yeah. with a wrinkled shirt. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, <laughs> no, yeah. I'm not, no dig, no dig. But I'm saying we're probably both a little bit more wrinkly than Kayla is. No, I, I, I'm, I'm right with you. I, there's a way that guys uh, handle their situation, their day to day lives versus a. Uh, so I, I completely get that. So when you're touring without her, what? Like, is there struggles with that? Is there, is like, obviously she's probably very supportive of yeah, what yeah. you do. Um, but like, what's some of the difficulties of traveling without her or, um, what's some of the like positive sides of it? Yeah. 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 So I, I think the, the difficulties for, for me is, uh, making sure to reach out and, and make sure that I'm, I'm still making that contact because like, we'll, we'll be texting the whole time, yeah, yeah. but making sure that I take time to like, you know, do a FaceTime call yeah. or a phone call makes yeah. all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think, uh, for, for her, it definitely sucks a lot worse because like I'm out there having a good time, you know, texting, mm -hmm. texting and be like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But I think that um just making sure that you're still like, you know, reaching out and making that contact is, is really the thing that kind of makes it a little bit more manageable. But I will say like so we have a we have a trip in June to plan to the uh to the UK actually yeah. and we're going to visit her family. Her family's from England. Oh nice. Um so that's like one of our vacations that we're yeah, yeah. So uh we're going there in June, which is gonna be awesome. Um but I we planned that whole thing out and I was just like we were talking about possibly like moving it into a new apartment and all that kind of stuff. And I pretty much told her, I'm like, well, we can't do it over the summer. She's like, well, why can't we do it over the summer? I'm like, well, I'm going on tour. And she's like, oh, well, I know the one in July. And I'm like, yeah, there's one in August too. She's like, oh, oh geez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's also like the downside of playing so far in advance is like, I'm working on all this stuff. Yeah. And I'm, and honestly, like, I, I will say, I, I do tend to, uh, you know, get a little caught up in like the emails and stuff like that, especially when I'm home and like, we're like, like watching like whatever on Netflix. Like I'll be like, yeah, do, yeah. doing stuff because yeah. like it is, it is kind of like a, it's not just like 40 hours, nine to five. It's like 40 hours over the course yeah. of all that. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely, I'm definitely learning, but we, we've been together for uh, a, almost seven years now. Wow, so yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's definitely like, it's still a learning process yeah. of like, yeah. you know, what, uh, what makes it easier, uh, for her when I'm away. And then also like, just like the things that I can do to like, you know, just keep our relationship strong. But I, I think you can attest to this as well. You know, like when, like distance does make the heart grow fonder. Our, our first, you know, uh, our first year of our relationship, we were about six hours apart. So, you wow. know what I mean? Okay. So like right yeah. off the bat, we yeah. were, we were yeah. kind of, uh, kind of separated. So I, I feel like, um, you know, just kind of having that, like that distance, like makes it a little bit more enjoyable when you do have the time together. And again, like I said, like, it's not even like, even when I'm out on 
tour or just like around like it's just one of those things where uh it's it's easy to like go and stay and practice later you know and it's like that mental like switch of being like okay I, I got to get home. Absolutely. Like, you know, I got stuff yeah. going on this weekend. I got to get home and get, make that time. Yeah. Um, and I'm getting better, but I will admit that uh, <laughs> I'm not as good as I should be. Yeah, at least you see, I, I know for a fact that Adriana, if I was getting ready to go on tour, she, yes. Yeah. Go ahead. She'd pack my bag. She'd put, she'd probably throw it all in the van. Go ahead. Take them yeah, as yeah. long as you want. Go ahead. Get on out. Kick. Uh, yeah. So, uh, but as soon as you're out on the road, she's like, yeah, she's hold on. Wait, I have to watch Grayson all by myself. All by myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so what time? Okay. So, um, we're going to take a brief break and, uh, when we come back, get more into who, like, who is Corey? Right. (laughs) Um, and just kind of, yeah. What is Corey and how is Corey? No. Um, but we'll kind of just dive into, into more you and, and, your interest, things like that. So uh, we're going to take a brief break and we will be right back after this. It's now going to be the closing segment, I like to call it. Um, but I wanted to uh, talk about this week's Spotlight TWS for this episode, which is obviously going to be your bands, um, Northern Gloom and Sunlight Yellow, because you're touring, you have albums, things like that. Yeah, you yeah. have a bunch of releases coming out. So I'm going to kind of leave the stage open to you uh, because you and your bands are this week's Spotlight. Yeah, so, yeah. Go ahead. You have the floor. Yeah, so uh, the the first band that's uh, releasing a record this uh, this summer is Northern Gloom. Uh, uh, we're a post punk band uh, from Central PA, uh, and I guess like the best way to describe it is kind of like this like eighties punk vibe. Um, and with that band specifically, like I I think that that band came along at like a perfect time in my life. You know, right right when I started getting into a lot of eighties music. Um, they uh, basically we were brian and i were teaching together and he just showed me these demos of this him and his college friend just making making music and i was like man these songs slap dude like these songs are amazing and he's like yeah he's like we just like we want to play out but we just don't have a bass player and i'm not even kidding you like i had played bass like for most of my musical life up to that point but i just at that time bought a new bass to no be like way. yeah i'm I'm gonna like just like really <laughs> start like you know dialing in my bass a little bit maybe i can like you know play some gigs because in Lancaster, there just like aren't like uh like there are there are plenty of amazing bass players, but there's always room for more. Um, so I was like, yeah, it would be really really 
cool to be a competent bass player. And then um, this band kind of fell into my lap. It was like the perfect music for what I was listening to at the time. And then it's kind of just been a roller coaster ever since then. So we at, the, at first we got together and learned all the songs that they had written. And I think within four months we tracked the whole record no way. so yeah it happened really really quickly and we kind of dragged our feet on releasing the record mainly because um we wanted to get vinyl and by the time we got vinyl we were kind of in the midst of the pandemic mm-hmm. so it kind of uh ended up like that record actually only came out last summer but we had that record recorded for almost like a year wow. and actually the same thing is happening with this new record that we've we put out um or we're going to put out in july it's called um it's called here it is okay uh and uh the the concept for this record was actually Actually, like uh, basically like uh, an airplane taking off and the journey that you have as you're like, you know, taking off into like a new adventure and then kind of like observing everything around you at, like almost from above as you kind of like, you know, take part in this new kind of uh, endeavor. Um, so we kind of like wrote the whole album with that concept. We, we found this old school jazz record that had like this. It was a bossa nova record. It was uh, like uh had a plane on it and it had like all this like Spanish writing and we're just like that album cover is freaking amazing <laughs> so we literally just like took that same idea and wrote a whole album That's around awesome. it yeah so um and just like I, I said for the first record we recorded this probably I guess we recorded this last not this past February but the February before I can't remember we got snowed in it okay. was like one of those snows yeah. of the pandemic that um that kind of like we were literally in the studio for three or four days and we couldn't leave. Oh, wow. <laughs> we, we, we recorded for like two days and then we're like, Oh, it's snowing out, whatever. <laughs> and then, and then we tried to go like get food or something like that and we couldn't even get out. And we're like, Oh, oh man. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we, uh, we, re- we recorded at this place called Noisy Little Critter, which is uh, an awesome studio that I, I work out of and I did my internship out of, um, in Westchester, uh, with this guy named Mike, Mike Bardzik, who, uh, tracked and mixed the whole record for us and he he killed it um so we're releasing that record in july and uh then we're going on tour for it so the the main thing that we were kind of worried about was you know getting vinyl that's always that's always like kind of the hold up with a lot of releases nowadays is because like some vinyl places just they just don't like turn it around as quickly um okay. but luckily we we went and we uh we got the record um we got the record made and it came back really really quickly so we actually have all the vinyl oh, everything's like awesome. done that's yeah, yeah so i actually have it in the other room i can go grab one and oh, show cool. it to you um but so we uh we we recorded uh, recorded press that and kind of have everything ready to go and we actually just signed um a distribution deal with epictronic oh wow. um so yeah i don't really know too much about like um what all uh, is involved in uh well actually i i do now but when we when we originally got the offer i didn't know too much about what it was it's not like a record deal or anything it's basically like a company is going to help us push the record oh, nice. which is really yeah. really cool and we didn't have to like sign away too many of our like rights to mm-hmm. it um we basically just had to sound, sign away like the actual sound recordings because okay. basically how it works is like there's the recordings and then there's the actual content of the song itself, yeah. like the lyrics yeah. and the chord progressions and stuff um so that's going to be really really cool because it's the first time that we're actually like pushing a, a record with another uh entity yeah so uh and then uh in i guess it's mid-july we're going on on tour so we're hitting uh pittsburgh cleveland chicago we're doing two nights in nashville uh we're doing memphis and uh and a couple other places along the way but um yes uh if you, if you like 80s 80s post-punk if you like any bands like killing joke the cure or joy division we're definitely up your alley oh, that's awesome. and uh yeah and we're playing uh we're playing in lancaster in uh in july as well on july 29th which is going to be our album release yeah. show so 
and May 27th. <laughs> but I don't know if this podcast is going to be released before then. <laughs> but but <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're doing our release show uh, at Telus with uh, Cali Ma and the Garland of Arms and this other band called Faux Fear, that which they're awesome. uh, they're both Pennsylvania bands. Cali Ma's from Scranton area. And then Faux Fears from Reading. Okay. Uh, and they actually, that band like throws house shows at this place called Cloud 10, which I just want to give them a shout out because they've, they've had Northern Gloom a couple times and it's always a good time out mm-hmm. there. Um, so yeah, um, I'm really stoked on, on that band. I just got a new amp for it. So nice. I, I specifically nice. got a bass a few months ago <laughs> for it. Like, so we, we recorded this whole album and I had my P bass and there's another, uh, it's pretty much a, not a guild. It's a GNL. Uh, the GNL base, and they had it at the studio, and I used it for most of the record. And I was just like, "God damn!" I was like, "If I'm gonna play this <laughs> record, how I gotta get this bass?" Yeah. So uh, luckily, right before my friend left Guitar Center, I got I got a new bass. Nice. <laughs> and then nice. I got a new new bass amp, so I'm I'm ready to go with uh, that that '80s post punk sound. Awesome. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty stoked on that. That's fantastic. Yeah. So and then you also have Sunlight Yellow, which you're also touring for. Yep. And you also have releases for. So. Yeah, yeah. So that band, that band, Sunlight Yellow, we've pretty much been working on this album the entire pandemic. Wow. Uh, I feel like with with the Northern Gloom stuff, we we had the songs kind of like pretty much, um, fle- we were fleshing the songs out over top of the pandemic. While Sunlight Yellow, we've actually been writing and recording the whole time. Okay. So Northern Gloom, we pretty much like wrote the songs and then went and recorded it. Sunlight Yellow has been like, oh, let's write this song. Okay, yeah, that that sounds pretty good. Let's like let's demo this. Okay, cool, that sounds pretty good. All right, well, let's like get a day where we're actually we're tracking. So we basically like tracked like uh, the whole album in like bits and pieces, gotcha. like basically like batches of songs, which has been a little bit of a different process. And we actually um, a lot of times like with that band, like usually you have one person that writes the lyrics and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but with Sun Not Yellow, uh, specifically with the last EP we released, Howard Ohio, um, we we wrote all the lyrics together, um, which is you know fun. Yeah. Definitely takes a yeah. lot longer because yeah. like it's like this is what I'm thinking for the lyrical content, and then like what about this line? And you're like, oh, that's a pretty cool line, but what if we say it this way? And then you can yeah, go down on so much different oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Um, but with this record, we pretty much wrote we had the whole album, but just music. We didn't have any lyrics. Um, and the guitar player, Jesse, actually had, he had a lot of like concepts that he wanted to talk about for each individual song, but we didn't really have too many, um, lyrics as far as that went. So over the last couple of months, it's been like basically finishing up the, the record. So whether that's like adding tambourine, adding, you know, like backing vocals and all that kind of stuff and writing the lyrics. So like there were points where we were like a couple, like a month or two ago where we're literally sitting in this room that we're in right now and we're like sitting there just like, so what do we do? And Jesse's like, well, this is kind of the melody I'm thinking. I'm like, he's like, dun, dun, bum, ba, dun, bum, I'm like, okay, all right, all right. So like, we're going to go that way. I'm like, what if we like? He's like, the second verse, I'm going to go a little faster. I'm like, well, so we. It's a lot of like, at least with that band, it's a lot of creative, creative minutia yeah. where we're kind of yeah. just like, let's try this. Mm-hmm. That doesn't work. Let's cut that. Like, okay, let's 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 try this. Like, ah, that's not working. Oh, what about this part? Like, like I feel like this whole album is just like, um, it's it's basically uh, to me like our most like honed in sound because we we played in bands together like for years and th- this band definitely feels like we we just try to be as experimental as we can mainly because it's the three of us who have been playing together for as long as we can. Like yeah. Jesse and Caden and I have been playing since since I was. 18 wow okay. so it's almost it's almost been like 10 years of, of playing together and like different different variations of projects but this like we listened to like our first ep that we put out and it's super sporadic like we were basically like okay cool 
sweet verse, cool chorus. What is this? <laughs> like a part we never come back to. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we, like we would just do like these little sections of like, just like random stuff, like almost just like riffs that we had. Um, and I feel like that's kind of been a common theme for Sun Not Yellow. Basically, like we don't have like verses and choruses. We have like parts. And like the, the thing that I think is a chorus is like what Jesse considers a verse. And I'm really? like, like, let's just not, let's not even label them. Like, let's just like, just like call them the parts or whatever. Yeah. So, um, but with this album, it definitely feels like, um, all of those sections kind of like came together really, really naturally and really, really easily. And now like we're literally going back and relearning these songs. Wow. Like currently, like the last two practices is us like revisiting these songs and being like, Oh, Oh yeah. That part. Okay, let's let's just wrap that part real quick. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I forgot we even did that part. Like, we like listen to the recordings. We're like, oh yeah, cool. Because we were basically like just writing these songs in in like parts. Like, we'd be like really like into this one song for like a couple weeks, and we'd move on to the next one. So it was definitely like a different writing process, but it definitely kind of helped uh, to kind of um, go in with the concept. So the the album with uh, that we're about to release in August is called A Hip New Hell. Okay, uh, and basically the concept is um, kind of about to to me kind of uh, observing all of like um the you know almost like i want to say like political not necessarily like in politics but just like how people kind of like associate what they associate with where where they stand on certain mm-hmm. situations yeah you know like oh this happens like where do you stand yeah. like do you agree do you disagree with how certain entities mm. took play or took uh took care of that situation um so it's basically to me it seems like a, a lot of like that where it's almost like embracing the situations that you're in right now yeah. like in in my mind like um you know I, i'm i grew up pretty religious in a religious household but i i can say that right now my my being is a little bit more spiritual but it's almost like kind of accepting the fact that like like this could be hell like this we could be living yeah, in hell absolutely. right now you know what i mean absolutely. like we don't really know yeah. what this is we don't really know what's to come but yeah. it's kind of like embracing like the moments that you're wow. you're uh having right now and uh yeah it was it was funny because like some of the lyrics that like uh jesse and and that we fleshed out in the beginning were very almost political you know it was like it was turmoil you know like there were like uh you know the um and George, the George Floyd situation, like there were situations in Lancaster with the cops, yep. like, you know, kind of like, um, taking advantage of like, uh, just like situations that were happening downtown and all that kind of stuff. I remember like helicopters, like flying over Lancaster, like yeah. with like the, yeah. the police helicopters and stuff. And like, while, you know, we weren't directly impacted by that because of like, just, we were just at home watching and observing. Um, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, you have to still take into account and, uh, you know, formulate your opinions. You know, you have to stand, stand, uh, steady with like, you know, where you, uh, kind of fall along those lines. And I mean, for, you know, 20 something year olds and 30 something year olds, we're in this weird purgatory state yeah, where, yeah. <laughs> where like people in power are not anywhere near our age range. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, like, sure, like this, uh, politician says that he's for us or whatever but he's also old as hell yeah where's where's the line and where's that like kind of disconnect yeah, yeah. and uh you know I, I don't really think that the album itself is political but i think that um i think it kind of plays off of the situations where we were forced to kind of like make opinions mm-hmm. and not just be neutral and yeah. in the, in, at hand so i think that that to me is kind of what I, i've gotten out of uh the the record but um, yeah, and we're, we're going on tour in August. So the goal is to, for, so for Northern Gloom, our, our concept was we're going to 
tour and then release the record. Okay. For Sun Not Yellow, it's the opposite. We're okay. gonna we're gonna release really? the record and go. Okay. Um, mainly because we don't we don't really have um any physical distribution. Like, mm. um, we want vinyl, but we just don't really want to do it before the record, yeah. and we don't really we'll we'll have cds and stuff but like who buys cds <laughs> leave by cds like yeah i don't know you know you don't have cd players in your car just buy the cd the, and so we're we're trying to kind of mess around with different ways of uh promotion as far as like you know linking people to the website or making a website where people can kind of go to kind of like uh links to whatever platform they want that way it's like here and then there yep and then uh the other thing is just kind of like Creating with Sun Not Yellow specifically, Northern Gloom kind of naturally does this because of uh, how Michael kind of uh, works. He's always videotaping. He's always recording. He's always doing stuff like that. So the content comes a little bit easier with that band. But with Sun Not Yellow, it's been like scheduling content sessions yeah. where we're like, okay, we're coming in and we're doing pictures. Actually, the guy, Michael Stipe from Northern Gloom is the one that does all the pictures. Oh, nice. <laughs> he's like, you want me to help? I'm like, yes, please. Like, so he's got a green screen. We've been doing like green screen wow, stuff. Awesome. And basically like the over the last like couple months has been like finishing the record while also like making content yeah. and getting stuff for that yeah. because uh if i've learned anything uh it's like we said earlier it's preparing for the future yeah. it's being like out on the road and being like okay i have a dropbox holder of just pictures to post mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. because like we can do like yeah <laughs> you know like that one of those or like set up like a camera with a tripod and we'll do that too sometimes yeah. but it's really about just having content to post yeah. and to and to actually like you know mess with too like jesse's really good with like um you know, adding like visuals and like kind of like messing with like photo editing and mm -hmm. stuff like that. So, um, the idea was like, we're just going to take a ton of photos and then he's just going to mess with it and we'll, like, you know, have like stuff for like Instagram reels, maybe some YouTube stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, so really with this album, it's going to be the first time where we, uh, we've done a concept album before, but this is going to be the first time where we're really like gearing the content around the the album and ideas That's around awesome. the album too. So I'm really stoked for that. So yeah, we'll be going on tour in August and then I'm pretty sure the sun, not yellow release show for Lancaster will be, uh, August 18th. Okay. At Phantom Power. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the date. Um, if I'm not, uh, I'm not mistaken, we were talking to Shannon and Greg about it and they threw a couple Thursdays. We wanted to do a Thursday show because yeah. I feel like it's easy to, it's easy to have multiple things going on on the weekend in Lancaster. Yeah. And, yeah. and as we, we know, like Lancaster's great scene, but like if you have like one or two shows, even three shows in the same night, you're splitting that crowd up. Yeah. So yeah. we, we yeah. wanted to do a Thursday show, but uh, Phantom Power is, freaking awesome um they're uh you know in millersville so a little further outside mm -hmm. the city but greg and shannon are doing a great job with with that venue have you ever been there before no i have not oh dude yeah i highly recommend it, it. Uh, I'll I'll have to definitely come to one. Now you have to. Yeah, I have to for sure. And you said May 27th, you're going to be TELUS? Tell, May, yeah, next Friday, May 27th. Okay. Uh, we'll I'm going to try to make that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you have a reason so, to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, you also have a reason not to go because you have a child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, um, and then the other. The release show for Northern Gloom is July 29th, okay. Friday, July 29th. So, um, yeah, that one's going to be epic as hell. Uh, so is the May 27th one. We're May 27th with, we're with Nick Cove and the Wandering and, uh, Jake Joyce and his band. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a really, really good show. And, you know, Friday night in Lancaster, you can't beat it. Yeah. So needless to say, busy, busy, busy summer. Busy, busy summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then Northern Gloom, uh, touring July plan base and then the damn thing releasing uh album afterwards yep um and then sun night yellow touring in august yep and releasing and the album releasing. right right when we start touring awesome yeah. that's fantastic um i wanted to quickly just this was on the back of my mind 
you said earlier, uh, before we end the, end the podcast, um, that sometimes you feel like you're in the right moment. You're in that for a reason, Mm -hmm. whether it's someone who's religious, whether it's someone who's spiritual, whether it's someone who just believes it's the wind pushing you in that area. Um, I'm a, I'm a heavy believer that where you are in each moment is where you're meant to be. Mm -hmm. Um, the decisions that you make push you to where you need to go. Yeah. So, um, and I think the decisions that you made have gotten you to this point and I mean, you've gained a fan from myself. Um, (laughs) and hopefully you've gained many other fans that watch and listen. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, but more importantly, um, you know, just take pride in if, if there's anything I can say, take pride in, in what you're doing because you're making an impact for one and two, um, it's working. You know, it, what you're doing, your sound, your, your ability to play these instruments and to perform the way that you do. Um, I mean, it's, you should definitely be proud of yourself for getting to this point and to hopefully continue it further. So hey, thank um, you. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, of yeah, course. yeah. So I, I really do appreciate you coming on and, and allowing us to be in your, uh, this is not the gray studio. Uh, so let's not get that confused whatsoever. Uh, got some gray walls over there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, thanks for having us here and thank you for allowing us to sit down and chit chat. And, um, I'd love to have you back on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. Um, Same goes for you. Yeah. I've listened to a couple of the podcasts yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. and it, you, you're a great conversator. Oh, yeah, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. I'm trying to learn something. So no, dude, it's a good topic. Like you said, once we got rolling, it's, yep. like, oh, it's, it's just easy. It's just conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can't believe we've actually been talking for this long. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to make it out to your show Friday. Sweet. Um, and if TELUS lets me record, I don't know what their record policy is. You can probably... <laughs> yeah, but you can record on your phone. Maybe record a little bit for you. Yeah, well, yeah. And use it as like a follow-up segment as, hey, look, this is how the show went. Yeah, most definitely. Make sure to check you guys out. So, yeah, again, thank you so much for for everything. And uh, good luck with your tours, with your releases. And, Thanks. And, uh, yeah, make sure, if you haven't already, uh, you got to check out Corey. Uh, we're going to leave his Instagram information down below. We're also going to link Northern Gloom, and you have a website with them for uh, yeah, the tour? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a yeah. website and an Instagram. Okay. And then, okay, so we're going to link both of them um, because of their releases. Yeah, and for sure. Things for like sure. that. So uh, make sure to check out Corey and all the bands that he's associated with. Um, and for more content like this, make sure to check out the great podcast going forward. Uh, hoping to bring you content just like this with very interesting people just like Corey. So thank you for listening, thank you for watching, and have a good day.